Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now-ish. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of Right Now-ish. A few weeks ago, I called Vincent Ray Williams III. He was parked in front of a Home Depot in the East Bay, set to purchase some supplies for a day of community service. Williams tells me that this is something he's been doing on his own accord for a while now. It's just his way of trying to do a little neighborhood cleaning. Well, more than just a little cleaning. This isn't one of those cleanup projects where we go around with grabbers and we pick up a couple pieces of trash. We weighed about six bags of that trash and it was 520 pounds. Mind you, there's 60 bags of trash sitting on 35th and Telegraph in Oakland. Again, this isn't Vincent's day job. Nah, not even a city-backed project. But it is a good example of how Vincent is doing work that helps to right some of the wrongs that he's experienced in his life. It was something that was inspired by both my experience with living on the streets, being homeless, and my experience as being a child uh, who grew up in Oakland, who wasn't able to play in parks because they were dirty needles and glass and things like that. Vincent's actual job, operations coordinator at the Oakland LGBTQ Community Center, gives him a different opportunity for self-healing, where he can help people living with AIDS. We'll also talk about how Vincent's life, in some ways, parallels that of the guy credited with popularizing the high five. That story, shortly. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. So, Vincent, take us back to the start. How did you get involved in working with the Oakland LGBTQ Center? You know, I'm a pansexual man, and I never really felt like I had a place where I fit in. My whole life, I always had this view of the LGBTQ community that was negative because I had a negative view of myself. What ended up happening for me is I came here to the Oakland LGBTQ Center for a support group. I was apprehensive to come here because other places that I've been, I didn't feel like I belonged because it was predominantly white. I need to be able to walk in and see 
a black or brown person because I'm black and I'm Puerto Rican. But also, I've always been one of those kind of people where if you haven't been anywhere, but you're trying to advise me on how I should approach something, then you're misinforming me. Because tried and true solution comes through people that have actually been through some shit, that have tried some shit, that have found out what shit works. That's how I feel right. you know, about it. And that's exactly what the Oakland LGBTQ Community Center is. The way that I was accepted with open arms, the way people smiled at me, the sincerity that flowed through the people that I met made me want to be involved even more because I always felt better when I walked into the center. And so I was grateful that our CEO, Joe Hawkins, offered me a position as a temp here, uh, and I took it. And that transitioned into operations coordinator. So what that's entailed has been the conception of our Glenn Burke Wellness Clinic. Why name it after Glenn Burke? Who was Glenn Burke? Glenn Burke was a black man in Major League Baseball, played for the A's, the first out gay black man in MLB. Glenn Burke now up with two out and Steve Garvey. He created the high five and he found out he was HIV positive. They blackballed him. This is a black man who found the courage to be comfortable in his own skin and not care what anyone else thought about it while still remaining professional and inspiring so many other people. And what better than to name the clinic after an Oakland native who made uh, so many sacrifices uh, just to let people know that it was okay to be who they are than to name it after Glenberg. How does Glenberg's story impact you personally? You know, part of Glenn Burke's story was that without a job, he found himself on the streets of San Francisco and the Castro uh, selling himself. I come from a long past of substance abuse uh, and drug addiction. And at one point, I found myself in a position where I didn't know what else to do to take care of myself than to sell myself on the street. I can definitely relate on an emotional level with uh, his story. And I'm obsessed with everything baseball. I played in, um, in high school and I, I played in, in college a little bit. And so that story hits close to home with me. So many parallels. At what point did you find out that you were HIV positive? I was 13 years old. I was in a group home, probably like my 80th group home I had ever been in at this point. And I remember that the social worker set me down and she said, hey, we need to talk to you. And I said, yeah, what's up? And she said, your biological father, he passed away. And I'm like, oh, no worries. I don't care. Whatever. I never met him. She said, well, we want to let you know that he died, you know, of HIV or AIDS. I was like, oh, that sucks. And she was like, yeah, well, we also need to tell you because you're old enough to understand that all those medications that you take, they're also for HIV. You know, that broke my heart. I didn't know. I just knew that I had to take these medications every day. And so it was explained to me that I had been born with HIV. Finding out about it at 13, it was, it was really like a turning point for me emotionally because I didn't know that it wasn't a death sentence. I knew the stigma behind it. And I was like, oh man, if you got HIV or AIDS, you're going to die. You can give it to people. You're never going to be happy. Nobody's ever going to love you. And so I found myself in a darker hole. What, what helped you to grow from that stigma? It took me years to grow from that. You know, I would like to say that I learned everything that I needed to know and I took care of myself and 
I didn't. I was convinced that people were looking down at me, that they were judging me, and nobody knew. And in 2012, I found myself sitting in a jail cell in Santa Rita. And I remember getting out and going to see my mom and my mom telling me, hey, you can't be here. And I remember her telling me, like, I love you and I want to see you get right with yourself. And it, it's not going to help you, you being here. And so I reached out to a family member of mine, my brother, and he was uh, in a recovery program. And I told him, I said, man. I really want to do something different. I don't know what I have to do. And he said, well, listen, you got to come out here, you know, get a bus ticket. I'll put you in a program and we'll take it from there. I did that. Something in my spirit shifted. And it was like being smacked in the face. And I started to kind of play this tape in my mind about everything that I had been through and everyone who had taken advantage of me and everyone I had taken advantage of and all the places that I had caused wreckage. And I started to see that in a clearer light. And it's been a process. It's been, I mean, this is change happens over years and sometimes, you know, not a whole lifetime, but it's definitely been a process. Man, much respect to that. I, I definitely know that change isn't a light switch. So, yeah, I fully understand. How would you advise other people to do away with that stigma? How do you how do you even approach someone who stereotypes people living with HIV and AIDS? It's like the stigma that comes along with homelessness and and substance abuse. We don't know why everyone that's on the street is on the streets. So when it comes to HIV, it's about education. I've had occasion where people would ask me, hey, Vince, do I need to get some more forks and spoons specifically for you so when you come here, you can eat? I can look at that negatively and I can be like, oh, they're trying to put me in a box. But see, that's where you get a kind of foot in to start educating. Well, hey, you know what? Like, that's not how transmission works. If you have any questions, you let me know because it's my goal for you to feel as comfortable as possible knowing that I have this, but also knowing that you don't have to take such strong measures to protect yourself unless we're being intimate. After a while, after you do it so much, it becomes second nature. And I have to restrain myself sometimes because I'll be out in public and I'll hear somebody say something over here, you know, and I want to chime in and be like, well, you're kind of wrong. How do you have that patience to educate the masses? It all started for me with having to have a conversation with someone that I wanted to have continue to have an intimate relationship with. And I wasn't willing to run away from that relationship because I wanted it so bad. And I was going to let this person know that, listen, I'm willing to help you learn whatever it is you need to learn so we can get through this together. The work that you're looking to do with, with the clinic, is this the next step in that evolution? My goal is to inspire and to motivate. As a black man from Oakland, uh, someone who hasn't felt comfortable in their own skin, someone who's been in and out of different clinics, being able to be here for the community, for my community, like is key for me to give back. Someone may see my bio and someone may be inspired by that and say, you know what? It's okay for me to be who I am. It's okay for me to be HIV positive and find a, you know, ways to take care of myself and have a better life. And it doesn't have to be all bad. And sometimes that's all it takes is somebody being an example. 
Vincent Ray Williams III. Vince, you are appreciated. To be open, to be sincere, to be in service, I take my hat off to you and your work. To keep up with all that Vincent has going on, check out Urban Park Cleanup on Facebook and Instagram. And follow the center where Vincent works on Instagram at Oakland LGBTQ Center. All one word. The producers behind this episode are Marisol Medina Cadena and Julie Chang. Our editor is Jessica Plachik and engineer is Seal Muller. Engagement team, Kiana Mogadam, Lena Blanco, Sarah Pineda, and Vita Kong. KQED execs are Eric Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. Big thank you to the entire team. My name is Pendarvis Harshaw, and I'm the host of Right Now, which is reminding you to tell us how you feel about the podcast. Leave a comment, send an email, or just tweet the hashtag right now, which and leave a comment about the show. Looking forward to hearing from you. Y'all have a good one. Peace. Right Now-ish is a KQED production. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.